You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of the On Deck Podcast here online. Sir, I'm Chris Meany. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. Riding solo here this afternoon. Joe Pizzapia will be back on Friday. We'll have a Friday night slate for you to attack as well as the weekend um, to really break down. I want to give a shout-out to Greg Landry. Unfortunately, we were unable to hook up today. I know this show is coming at you guys pretty late. My apologies, but I really wanted to get something out there for you guys. So I'm going to attack the, the main slate, the 7 p.m. slate Eastern. We have seven games to attack, so there's still some time to get those lineups set. And of course, you guys can always reach out to me at Chris Meany. I've had a lot of feedback here over the past couple of days, talking some DFS, answering some questions, so always going to be around. I just want to give a shout out to Greg Landry, MLB writer for Star. GP underscore Landry is where you can follow him. It was a great showing from him yesterday. I know it was a rough day, at least from cash. You know, a lot of questions on Twitter. What cash pitchers do I go with? Do I just avoid cash? Yesterday was one of those days we talked about it. Not a lot of stud pitchers on the hill. Um, Patrick Corbin worked out for us at Coors. We talked about painting a pitcher, you know, in your head. What, you know... Obviously, at Coors, there's going to be some offense there most nights. But when you have a top pitcher like Patrick Corbin, who had the highest floor and the highest ceiling, it's okay to go against the grain a little bit and take some shots on him. And it's okay to maybe not play cash. Like, if you're not feeling any of the pitchers and you don't want to spend down on the pitchers, because you can spend down on the pitching, spend up on the bats, and play cash that way, or you can just have that same approach and just play tournaments because there were some shady pitchers on the hill yesterday. A couple that we liked, Greg and I, Frankie Montas worked out. He had six strikeouts, had the win going up against Lance Lynn. We liked that opportunity for him. He paid off for us. Luke Weaver was our probably our favorite, favorite pitcher on the board. I know a question of what pitcher do we go with cash. That was my suggestion. And Luke Weaver worked out for us. Another strong showing, seven strikeouts, one earned run in six innings at PNC against the Pirates. It's something to keep an eye on going forward. The Pirates pitching staff has been phenomenal, but they're really struggling to score some runs. Having Gregory Polanco is going to help out that offense. We'll talk about the third game of that series between the Diamondbacks and the Pirates in just a little bit. Just wanted to recap a couple more things from yesterday. I don't know what's going on with the Red Sox guys. Spencer Turnbull is someone that Greg and I are interested in from a seasonal standpoint. He's going to have his spots in DFS. He passed the test yesterday at Fenway. I don't know when we start to worry about the Red Red Sox, maybe, do we give them the end of May? I will. I'll give them another month. I know there are a few games under 500 right now, but they are the Boston Red Sox, and they are struggling with their pitching for sure. We know all about Chris Sale. Encouraging start, his last outing. In fact, yesterday morning uh, was an encouraging start from him, but the bats are just, they're still expensive for one. Hard to roll out there in cash when they're not backing up the performances. A really good spot for them tonight, and I'll be really concerned with their offense if they don't get it going. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Just continuing to roll through some of the plays from yesterday and what some of the takeaways. 24 runs in the first two games between the White Sox and the Orioles. The Chicago White Sox stack didn't work out, but when Greg came on, we talked about attacking Ivan Nova. That definitely worked out. We had nine runs from the Orioles. 
Of course, Dwight Smith Jr. continues to um, be undervalued and, and produce, really. Nunez had a home run as well as, as from Smith Jr. Chris Davis, we mentioned Chris Davis. Take the discount on Chris Davis, uh, Davis on both sites, FanDuel, DraftKings, wherever you play. There definitely is a discount with him. He struggles at the plate. There's no, there's no denying that. He strikes out a lot. But when you go up against a contact pitcher, Nova, like we said yesterday, a good opportunity for him to make some contact. Take that salary discount. It will allow you to spend up elsewhere and when he goes yard like he did yesterday boom we're loving it we're laughing and and then we're on our way Uh, we like the Mets like those lefty bats in there Robinson Cano return to the lineup Conforto Frazier had a home run a grand slam in fact he's going to be he's going to check in at at a reasonable price here because he's missed the first part of the season so we like the Mets against Eflin. That really worked out for us. We faded Kenta Maeda up at the top. I really wish I was on the Anthony. I really wish I pushed him a little bit harder. And I've had a lot of questions, you know, just with what I do in DFS. And I don't want to take anything away from Linestar. Uh, the app is phenomenal. The chat is very active. The tools are fantastic. They're spitting out values, projections. They have a really great sample size, not just the last 20 games. They, they really dig deep into the last 120, 150 games from a play. Uh, the splits are phenomenal. The, the tools are really, really great. The writers are obviously top notch. You know, Greg Landry is is a great example of that. Um, but something that I do, and I've had a lot of questions because, yes, I do some writing over at the Quant Edge, another DFS tool, and I don't want to push you away from Line Star, uh, but it's never a bad idea to get as soak up as much information as you can. Line Star, uh, obviously top-notch with all the information that they have. Uh, I wish that I had pushed Rizzo a little bit more yesterday on the show. Greg and I talked about the opportunity to to get on a guy like Rizzo and Bryant where they're struggling, but their prices drop down and nobody's thinking about them. It's like the complete opposite in Boston. Everybody is, is looking at the Red Sox and waiting for them to turn it around and spending up on that price because they're just waiting where other guys in lineups who haven't had great starts... Their price actually dropping, so I wish that I pushed Rizzo. The reason I bring up the Quant Edge and what I do over there is is a game-by-game breakdown Monday to Friday on just the main slates. Um, It it is going to cost you to read. There, There are some free articles you know, you can set up a trial and read three free runs, free ones. There's five die five dollar trials over there for five days, um, and you can use the promo code Means if you want to get in on the action. Not again, not taking away from Linestar. I'm thrilled to be a part of this show. Uh, I'm thankful for the platform to talk about what I love, and just really, it's all about helping you guys out. So. Again, don't get away from Linestar. It's phenomenal stuff over there. But uh, yesterday was a good showing. I know they tweeted it out, and I've had some questions already. Uh, you know, how come you didn't have Brennan Bell on the On Deck podcast? That was something that just came to me a little bit later on in the day. Uh, I tried to tweet it out for my for my viewers. So yesterday in that article, Anthony Rizzo, Brennan Bell, Travis Shaw um, had a successful day with some of the home runs. So going to try to relate everything from that article here. But Joe and I didn't really want to give you guys a heavy, heavy statistics numbers show. We don't want to confuse people. We don't want to make it boring. We wanted to just talk some baseball with you guys, keep it short, concise, and sweet. So uh, I don't want to come at you guys with a lot of heavy numbers, but as you guys can tell, I'm solo today, so I may have some uh, heavy numbers for you guys, an opportunity just to talk my platform. Um, So thanks a lot again just for taking the time to listen and hang out and for Linestar and all the support. Let's get down to today's action. Let's get some winners for you guys. Seven games on the slate and Let's start with the Pittsburgh Pirates 
and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So this is a low total game. It's one of the lowest on the board here today. In fact, it is the lowest. The total is eight. The Pirates are favored. Uh, Not feeling much from any of these offenses. Jordan Lyles has been really good so far this season, and he's yet to allow a run at home in 11 innings. He has 18 strikeouts, five walks in 17 innings of work. He's not a big strikeout guy. The Diamondbacks don't strike out a ton. They're in the bottom 10 in terms of strikeouts. There is an opportunity, perhaps, for a W here. He can He's one of those guys that can help out your ratios from a season-long standpoint. Um, he is one of the better values. Linestar likes him a lot as a value play. I do as well. Uh, if you're into playing multiple lineups on DraftKings, you're looking for that cheap secondary pitcher. He is an option for you. And I think we can attack Merrill Kelly uh, from a DFS standpoint. He looked like a stud against the Red Sox earlier in the year, but we're talking about Boston really struggling. Maybe that's part of it. right? He went in... He was actually at home in Arizona, and he faced the Red Sox. He had eight innings, four hits, one earned run, and nine strikeouts. But he's looked very average in his other three starts. He's allowed 23 hits overall, 11 runs, three homers, 10 walks. And in his recent outing, he had seven walks and only three and two-thirds. So the command is definitely going to be an issue. I'm looking at the Pirates' bats. I see, you know, the and this is the one positive, I guess, of giving the show so late to you guys. My apologies again. We're getting some confirmed lineups. So Gregor Polanco is not going to play. He's been a discount on the FanDuel side. He's returned to the action, uh, and he's had two straight games. I think he, I believe he has four hits already. He's getting on base. He's the best bat in their lineup. He's out of it today. If you're looking potentially for some home runs, uh, we have Morin in the three spot. Melky Cabrera, he doesn't have a lot of pop in his bat, but it could be a sneaky, maybe underrated offense to attack in tournaments. Maybe you get Melky in there at three. Uh, Josh Bell at four. Young Ho Kang is in the lineup at six. He's $3,600 on DraftKings. Cabrera is like 2-2 on FanDuel. He's he's extremely cheap and extremely affordable. Uh, just taking a look at some of the other prices on FanDuel as well. Young Ho Kang is somebody that I liked without even looking at his price. He's 2-4 on the FanDuel side. So those are a couple bats with some pop. Uh, Kang has had uh, most of his success in his career has has come against right-handed pitching. We see already a couple home runs from Kelly, opportunity there, uh, but not a strong game to attack from offense. This is the one we want to attack. It's worked out for us in the first two games. So as I mentioned off the top of the show, combined 24 runs in the first two games of this series and probably going to flirt with that 10-run total. I like it. I like the over. I've been hammering the over in the first two games. I'm going to hammer it as well from a DFS standpoint. We have the White Sox, a 4.6 team implied total up against John Means, lefty for the Orioles. And the Orioles have a team implied total of five up against Urban Santana. So Santana has been really, really bad now for for a while, a couple years. So, so far he's given up 13 hits, 10 runs, five home runs and six walks in just eight innings. Five homers and six walks in eight innings. He's he allowed 14 home runs in 33 innings in his last 33 dating back to last season. So he dealt with the finger injury last year. Um, but overall and just not a full two years obviously, but his last 33 innings, he has given up 14 home runs. That's crazy. That that's a that's a lot of pop. And overall his last 244 innings dating back to the last time we saw him over the full course of the year, 45 home runs. He's got a 50% fly ball rate already this season and a 53% hard hit rate. Um, so not great, not great numbers at all. Uh, so I'm looking at Baltimore and I'm seeing where, because their bats are super expensive. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'll go right now with the home run call. I'll, it's going to come from this game and it's going to come from Santana. There's, there's other spots that are, that are easier to call. Trey Mancini is very expensive. You're going to have to spend up for him. I, 
I like his chances to go deep against Santana. Like I said, he's just given up a lot of contact, struggling with the command. The fly ball rate is there. Camden Yards is a great hitter's ballpark. I'm looking at just Mancini. I'm looking at Nunez in the four spot. I'm looking again at Chris Davis. I'm looking again at Chris Davis at $2,700 on DraftKings. So those are a couple Baltimore bats. And on the other side against Means, Tim Anderson has been just crushing righties this year. But over the course of his career, a 341 Woba against lefties and a 311 average against lefties. So a good opportunity for him. You're going to really have to spend up, though. I know it's tough to to want to spend that much on Tim Anderson at 5-5. But he's in a really good spot today. Jose Abreu has had a really good series. He's in the three spot, um, hits lefties really well. And then there's a couple value bats in here, and Wellington Castillo has got some pop in his bat. And then James McCann, who had a really good Monday, he's hitting in the four spot. So the story on means really um, striking guys out, solid there, 40% fly ball rate, um, So and it's really just plagued him in the, in the minors, giving up home runs. So the strikeouts have been there for him. The resume is, is, is small, so we don't have a huge sample size. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys, and say there's going to be some runs in this ballgame. We'll move over to Boston. I really like Eduardo Rodriguez today, the lefty on the hill against the Detroit Tigers. We have Tyson Ross on the hill, and that's the thing. I'm looking at both pitchers here, and I'm seeing a big-time mismatch in terms of just quality. So we'll start with Ross. 21 hits, 13 runs allowed already, 4 homers, 9 walks, and 24 innings. He keeps the ball on the ground. He's kept it on the ground for most of his career, but he doesn't miss many bats. Early on in his career, he was getting some strikeouts. He dealt with a few injuries. The velocity came down. He, he doesn't miss a lot of bats. Walks have always haunted him. 3.82 walks per nine innings. Uh, and so far, an 80% contact rate. So opportunity for the Red Sox. Here we go again. You're not going to get any value on any of these Boston bats. But Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, those are two guys that I like a lot here against Tyson Ross. I, I feel like they're going to be able to make some contact. And for Rodriguez, just in a good spot to maybe get us the W and rack up some strikeouts along the way. Detroit's strikeout percentage is at 26. It's tied for the sixth highest in the game. And Edward Water has um, 167 strikeouts in his last 149 innings. So we haven't seen the best of him yet this year, but the ceiling is there. I think he's a strong DFS pitcher, cash and tournaments. Uh, let's move on to Philadelphia and New York. We have a, a potential high-scoring game here as well. Vince Velasquez on the hill for the Phillies. 5.1 team implied total up against Jason Vargas, the lefty for the Mets. Now the Mets are also checking in at 4.5 for their team implied total. So Vegas expecting some runs. Obviously, Velasquez has a higher ceiling here. He did well in Colorado. In fact, he's been pretty good so far this season. Uh, he's only allowed 13 hits and five runs in 17 and two-thirds innings. He has 16 punch-outs. He went into cores and, and passed the test. He did okay there. Walks and home runs have always haunted Vince Velasquez. He's allowed a home run in each of his three starts. Uh, when you look a little bit deeper, you see a 45% fly ball rate and a 40% hard hit rate. So I'm looking over at some of the Mets bats and I'm seeing which guys are fly ball hitters. Pete Alonso has a 41% fly ball rate already for, for his career. He's shown that he can hit bombs. Todd Frazier just returned to the lineup. 50% fly ball rate. A big fly ball hitter. Hits bombs as well. And then we have Conforto who leads the Mets with a 52% fly ball rate. So the wind is blowing in in New York. Greg mentioned yesterday was a good point by him. We would rather this game be, of course, at Citizens Bank in Philadelphia. That's not going to be the case here. But even still, there's an opportunity to attack some fly ball hitters with the Mets. And on the other side, I mean, this is a great spot 
for the Phillies against Jason Vargas. He's not somebody I'm ever going to suggest. Joe and I have been all over him. as just you know a bit of a gas can, unfortunately. Um, he's given up three home runs, and he's issued seven walks to six strikeouts in ten innings so far this season. Uh, in, in his last outing, he only allowed three hits and one run. You think that was good, but he only lasted four innings. He walked three guys. Bryce Harper has always destroyed lefties. He's in a really good spot. Probably my favorite bat altogether today is Bryce Harper, uh, and it's hard not to want to pair him up with Reese Hoskins, Mikel Franco, who's moved up the order since some injuries to Gene Segura. So he's up in the five spot. He's in a really good spot to have success. JT Realmuto is a, is a discount over on FanDuel. And if I'm really just looking to attack this stack, I'm, I'll start with, with uh, Andrew McCutcheon. You can go one through four. Um, two through five if you want, but McCutcheon is somebody who's always destroyed lefties, a 310 career average against left-handed um, pitching. It's been a while, you know, McCutcheon isn't the same type of guy. You go back three or four years ago, he, he really was just so dominant over lefties, and this team implied total started at 4.2 for Philly. It's dropped. It's jumped all the way to 5.1 in like 12 hours or so, so it's a strong stack, and Velasquez is a, is a contrarian GPP guy. Um, but I'm gonna, not going to have a lot of exposure to him. I'd like to attack those those heavy fly ball hitters in New York. Let's move over to what could be a pitching duel today. we got Walker Bueller on the hill, hill with the Dodgers. 4.1 team implied total at Wrigley taking on Cole Hamels. A 3.9 team implied total. So the line star is, is all over Walker Bueller in terms of which guy to like a little bit more. Um, they project him at 20 points. So if you're just looking at projections overall in terms of pitchers, I mean, again, I, I'm not pushing anybody to TQE. This is phenomenal stuff over here at Linestar. I just love I, – I, I'm a little bit of a geek and nerd when it comes to, like, statistics and colors. And it just everything just jumps out. It's just so beautiful. I mean, it really is. So we got Walker Bueller at 20 points. That's the projection. And uh, Cole Hamels at three. So – to me, I look at this game, honestly, and I see potential with both both pitchers. They have the potential to win you a tournament. It could Both of them could be a little bit contrarian because they're up against the, these two offenses who can attack. I'd like to kind of stay away. I, 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 if I could pick one, I'd pick Cole Hamels. And the reason, he's at least shown me something this season. Like Walker Bueller has as well. He's had two very solid starts and two very bad starts, which he's allowed five runs in each of those two bad starts. If you look a little bit deeper, 46% hard hit rate, a 40% fly ball rate, a better pitcher at home, of course, Dodger Stadium. And then you go to Wrigley, um, you know, where it's a little bit of a, a more of a hitter's ballpark. And for Cole Hamels, he's fresh off a seven-inning showing where he allowed zero runs, only three hits. He struck out eight. He's only allowed 13 hits and three runs in his last three outings. It's a span of 21 innings. He got lit up in his first start in Texas. Joe and I called that. That that was going to happen. We knew that. He had struggled in Texas his whole career there. Um, Former team, they knew how to get to him. But for Hamels... He's kept the ball in the ground 58% of the time. He does have a hard hit rate at 44%, which is concerning. But again, he's keeping the ball on the ground. And I think more people will go to Walker Bueller. So I think we can get Hamels because he's a little bit more expensive on DraftKings. I think we can get him as a contrarian GPP option. Now, these bats have the potential to, to take any pitcher yard deep they can have success against any of them I'm not going to attack really a whole lot of offense from this game I do like AJ Pollock in the five spot 
is somebody who is, has been strong for his career against lefties so far this season, 348 average. Hernandez, a top of the order, 421 average against lefties. Again, I like Cole Hamels uh, as a sneaky little play, so I'm not going to really have a lot of exposure to the Dodgers bats. And on the other side, I'm not going to have a lot of exposure to Cubs bats, but I will continue to play Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo in tournaments. And Javier Baez is one of Lionstar's favorite players on the board today at $4,800, and they're not wrong often. So maybe be a little bit contrarian uh, and roster a couple bats in this lineup, but it's not the best offenses to attack with these two pitchers on the hill. Justin Verlander, obviously the safest pitcher on the board today in terms of floor. He's got the highest ceiling. He's got the highest. He's by far the highest projected pitcher on line star, projected to get 28 points uh, over on DraftKings and, you know, there's a lot to like about Justin Verlander. Obviously, you look at the fact that Houston heavy, heavy home favorites here, minus 256, going up against a guy in Cole Stewart making his first start of the season and just his fifth start of his MLB career. He's tossed 12 innings in AAA ball this year, and he's allowed 16 hits and 15 runs. Eight of them earned two homers, six walks. This could get really, really bad for him. All the bats in Houston expensive over on the DraftKings side, but I've been hammering Michael Brantley and Carlos Correa's values on fans. There's both starting. Well, Brantley's been good all year. Correa has is starting to heat up. He's starting to go yard. A couple home runs over the last week or so. This may be an opportunity in tournaments to jump on guys like Yuli Guerrero, Tyler White. Maybe not so much Robinson Chirinos, but White and Guerrero, uh, guys who are. Their prices dropped down. White is extremely affordable on FanDuel as well, just over $2,000. We know how bad he's been this year. He does have some power, though, and it's really only a matter of time before he really does start to go yard. A couple home runs, and it, it could be against Stewart. So the stacking option is going to be very popular on, on DraftKings. It's going to be hard to afford them all. They're, they're great for cash. You want to get some contrarian bats in there. Take a look at Tyler White, but I think Correa and Brantley are a must on the FanDuel side. And if you want to go against the grain, again, you have to paint this pitcher. Like, have some exposure to Verlander. Know that the ownership is going to be through the roof on tournaments, but understand that there could be an opportunity to get some Minnesota bats on what is a smaller slate, only seven games. You see the 3.5 team implied total. It's not high, and we know Verlander, the success that he's had. I mean, he has 38 strikeouts and 30 innings, but he's also issued nine walks. He's served up five home runs. The home runs get to Verlander. He's a fly ball pitcher. That that doesn't change. I mean, he can go out in this game and strike 12 twins out, but allow three home runs, a couple walks, three home runs, and all of a sudden his line looks great, but not as great as you would think. I mean, you look at the twins, their third lowest K rate in baseball. Eddie Rosario has 10 home runs in the season, six in the past you know, six games. He's he's really just been great. Polanco makes contact. Asadillo's in the lineup. He makes contact. I'm not saying to attack Twins, but if you're going to have a couple of tournament lineups where you don't have Verlander, and the reason you don't have Verlander in case he struggles, and you don't have that kind of exposure to him in a couple lineups, and if he does struggle, it's because the Twins got to him. So just think about that. That's, that's again, painting the story. Twins not a strong stack, not suggesting it, uh, but maybe if you're a multiple lineup player in tournaments, you want to take a shot maybe on Eddie Rosario. This guy's hot fire right now. And the final game of the season, or the season, wow. Um, let's rewind. The final game of the night is in LA. The Angels up against the New York Yankees, we have a 4.3 team implied total for both. Felix Pena, I have some interest in him, guys, just slightly. Um, but I think if you're looking for a value pitcher on the board, 
It's CC Sabathia. Line stars all over him as a value pitcher. And I think, I agree. I think Jordan Lyles and CC Sabathia are the two value pitchers. The one problem with them, you just don't know how many strikeouts you're going to get. We've been talking about the struggles that the Angels have against lefties all season long. Last year, the worst average. Bottom five in terms of average and WOBA against left-handed pitching so far this season. They've just struggled against lefties. Mike Trout is the only bat in that lineup that can really get to a lefty. Angleton Simmons has been, you know, he's underrated. His, he's a he's a high contact bat. Doesn't have a lot of power in his bat though. So I think there can be an opportunity maybe for CC. The reason I said Pena. Um, he does have some strikeout upside. This Yankees lineup is not phenomenal, but on the same, this, with that said, you know when you really look into Pena and you look at some of the numbers, you see a 48% fly ball rate. You see a 40% hard hit rate. So he has been hit hard. He has the opportunity to maybe strike some guys out in this lineup, but I would still try to attack guys like Luke Voigt. Voigt recently went deep. He's $4,200 in DraftKings. Gary Sanchez potentially could get back into this lineup. Looks like he'll hit cleanup. That is a big power bat. And then there's Clint Frazier. So there's three guys inside that lineup that I do like. Maybe potential to take Pena deep. Um, So CeCe and maybe Pena. um, If you play multiple lineups. Both of these guys very valuable. And facing watered down lineups. Potential there to strike up. But if I had to to side with something. I would would definitely side with Linestar. And go with CeCe. Um, so just to recap here, um, a few bets that I like. Let's start right up at the top and just go through them again quickly before we wrap up. So Arizona at Pittsburgh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of runs scored. I think there's an opportunity for Lyles from a value standpoint. If you're looking to have a second pitcher on DraftKings, maybe you want to pair him up with Eduardo Rodriguez. Maybe you want to pair him up with Justin Verlander. And there's an opportunity there for guys like Young Ho Kang, uh, maybe Josh Bell, and Melky Cabrera to attack Kelly uh, from a DFS standpoint. Run Runs, runs, runs in Baltimore and Chicago. I'm actually leaning on the Baltimore side, like yesterday, attacking Nova, attacking Santana. Trey Mancini is my home run call of the day. I'd have exposure to Nunez. I'd have exposure to VR, top of the lineup. And, and obviously some value there with Chris Davis. Uh, a little hard to spend up on Tim Anderson, but in a good spot. Some value on the White Sox side with Castillo, McCann. Abreu is a very strong play today. Rodriguez is going to be my pitcher. He's my favorite one on the board. I know I like Verlander, um, but, but for me, it's Rodriguez. I think it's a better spot, a better opportunity. And I like the fact that I think Boston's going to win this game. I'm going to hammer them, too, on the money line. I'm going to pick them by a couple runs to you know, increase the odds and get a better uh, payout for me. I'm going to head over to New York and Philly just quickly. I think there's going to be some run scored in this game. Attack fly ball hitters like Alonzo, Conforto, and Frazier. And on the other side, Bryce Harper might be the strongest player on the board today with Reese Hoskins. I think they'll be able to have some success against Jason Vargas. Staying away from the Cubs and Dodgers game would not be shocked, though, if there were some runs. I see like a 4-3, maybe a 5-4 game. Uh, if I'm going to take a shot on one of the pitchers, I'm going to go with Cole Hamels. And then over in, again, Houston, have some exposure to Verlander. Know that the ownership in tournaments could be near 50%. It's very possible. If you are not going to have Verlander in a couple lineups, maybe take a shot on Eddie Rosario. Um, and maybe get yourself some Marwin Gonzalez, a little bit of a revenge in there against Verlander. But overall, Verlander should be able to flirt with uh, 10 strikeouts, and he is a strong play. CC is another value pitcher to think about, uh, and I like Luke Voigt. I like Gary Sanchez if he gets back into the lineup. Glaber Torres is probably the best bat in this lineup despite his struggles this year, and he checks in at a reasonable price. So there you have it. 
The home run call of the day is Trey Mancini. Uh, I'd like um, some other values in Correa, Brantley, Abreu, Chris Davis, Romuto, Todd Frazier, A.J. Pollock, uh, and Andrelton Simmons. I think great values there. And, and, and some other guys who potentially could go deep, Bryce Harper, Peter Alonzo, Jose Abreu, J.D. Martinez, Alex Bragman, George Springer. Uh, the Astros should have their way with Cole Stewart. I've rambled long enough. I'm uh, extremely thankful you guys took the time to hang out today. My apologies for the show coming out late. My apologies for rambling all the, all the time. Again, you guys can reach out anytime you want at Chris Meany. I encourage everyone to subscribe to the show. Uh, get the Line Star app, the tools. It's, it really is phenomenal stuff. The chat is very active, and it's nice to see some people having some success. At Chris Meany is where you can find me. Joe Pizapia will be back Friday. We'll get some hey-yo out of him and... Until then, good luck with the baseball. Again, no show on Thursday. At Chris Meany is where you can find me, and we will catch you guys on Friday. Cheers. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.